Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The unbelievable story of Godspeed Los Polacos begins during the Cold War. Poland's youth looked for any way to break away from the monotony of life under communist rule. In the city of Krakow, a group of university students formed a kayaking club as a tool to explore their local rivers and avoid participation in communist parades and rallies. After experiencing the thrill of Poland's one and only Class Three Rapid, the club members, which include Andrzej Pitowski, Peter Chmielinski, and Jurek Majerszczyk set their sights on the impossible, leaving the Eastern Bloc to paddle whitewater. Godspeed Los Polacos tells the story of five university students on the edge of adulthood who skillfully pull the strings of the Soviet system and find themselves on a kayaking expedition in the Americas with a six-wheeled military truck homemade equipment and little to no whitewater skills. That is the story behind Godspeed Los Polacos, and we're joined today by the director, and that would be Adam Narrat. Adam, welcome to Film School Radio. Hey, thanks so much for having me. What it makes this movie remarkable in many ways is, first of all, finding this story. I, you know, kind of grew up in this time period of time, and uh, I had not heard this story in any way, shape, or form. How did you find out about it? Uh, so both my parents and the producer of the film, Sonia Shenzhen's parents, are uh, Polish immigrants. Uh, so they came into to the United States in the late 80s and landed up in New, uh, in New Jersey. And so uh, the Polish community in New Jersey, you know, kind of stuck, sticks together as, as immigrant groups do. And so I grew up knowing of this kind of infamous character, Jurek Majerczyk. Uh, and this story about this expedition that like eventually brought him to the United States. And like, I don't really know the details, but I was always kind of curious about it. Uh, and over the years I got into filmmaking and, and I, I had approached him a few times about like making a movie, getting him to sit down for this interview. And he was like, he, and you have to remember, he knew me growing up as this little kid who would run around his backyard at barbecues and stuff. So like, he never thought of me as like a filmmaker or anything like that. So he like was like, no, 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 we, no, come on. And he just kind of like brushed me off a few times. But after a few years of pestering him about it, he finally uh, gave in, sat down for the interview. And that's when we became totally petrified because we really thought we were making a short film that was like 20 minutes long or whatever. It would take us a few months to make. We would go on the festival check and that would be it. We'd be done. And like, if you had asked me what hell looks like, I would tell you it's it, it's editing a feature length documentary. <laughs> and so I had no interest in doing anything like that. But we did this interview and we were like, oh no, we have a feature length story on our hands. Like this, like we thought we had, we were all clever. We had like, you know, we broke it into six acts. We were gonna like, it was gonna go smooth. And then we started piecing it together and we get through act one, it's already like 20 minutes long. And we're like, oh no. <laughs> so uh, it, to a certain extent, I think maybe Yurik was right <laughs> in the fact, in brushing us off those first few years. Like we weren't ready when we first started to uh, approach this movie. In some ways, some minor cinematic way, it mirrors the story that you tell in the film in the, in the sense that there is a, there's so much here there's so much of, uh, of this adventure that they embark upon. But let's set the stage, as I described a little bit in the introduction. We're talking about Eastern Europe, 
Poland in the late 1970s, mid to late 1970s and into the 1980s. This was in some ways maybe not quite the height of the Cold War, but certainly a very dangerous part of the Cold War. The Soviet Union was the dominant force over most of Eastern Europe, including Poland. Poland had been through a number of configurations in the very recent history of their country. It had changed shapes, forms, been conquered a number of times. And here are these students who are looking for a way to, to essentially find their own way. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I mean, I think that they were like young people like anyone else. They just wanted to see the world uh, and have a big adventure. Uh, but that wasn't exactly a reality. It's kind of, you know, you know, I grew up in the United States where we kind of had the, you know, the ability to at least travel the uh, world, at least leave the country, have our own passports. So they were dealing with uh, much larger bureaucratic issues than we were dealing with. But uh, this is a story that in a lot of ways mirrors what was going on in the Himalaya in the same era. So if you look at the winter first ascents of Himalayan peaks, 8,000 meter peaks, the tallest mountains in the world, these are the crown jewels of exploration. You know, the best of the best from around the world, this is what they have their sights on. But if you look at winter first ascents, the first people to climb all these mountains in the winter, it is across the board Polish people, which is, I always thought was insane. Like, how is that possible that like this underdog country with no resources, hardly any mountains, like how do they have all these winter first ascents? And so that's really what was our kind of our initial interest in this film is to explore what are like the geopolitical social circumstances that led to that. And, and that's what we go into and explore with this film. Um, you know, the, the Poland is a country that essentially shouldn't exist. It's between Germany and Russia, two huge power players on the, um, you know, on the world scale. And they persevere just through sheer stubbornness. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, yeah, <laughs> evident in, in this uh, exploration as well. Well, in making this film, this sounds like, did this, part of the Polish character, the, the the idea of kind of the, the country even existing. Had you been aware of it to the, to the extent you are as you sit here today, did you understand just all of that kind of very, very difficult history? To a certain extent, I, you know, I think we learned a lot through the, the process of making the film, but uh, I would just, it was funny, uh, my parents used to send me to Poland when I was a kid for scout camps. Um, just because it was so cheap during the summer, you could get rid of me for three, like 300 bucks, you could get rid of me for like a month and a half. Uh, and there was nothing like that in the US, so it's easier to send me out to Poland. And uh, and so I'd go there and it was a complete culture shock for me because uh, scouting in, in Poland is like a paramilitary organization. Here it's fun, you know, you learn some knots, you go like kayaking or whatever with your buddies there. It was like, I, like these kids were ready to go to war. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Uh, and so that was kind of my first taste of, 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 of that kind of mentality that exists there. Um, and, and, and in my family, there is a proud tradition of, of scouting. My grandpa uh, led a battalion of scouts in, in World War II. Uh, There's always this, like, this specter of Polish pride that kind of like, hung over me that I was kind of curious about and wanted to understand better. Well, uh, in describing the story, I mean, it's about kayaking. It's about explore, exploration. As I said a little bit in the introduction, their idea of kayaking from their time in, in college was nothing compared to what awaited them once they started embarked on this journey. But the one thing that comes through in the film from the beginning to the end is the sense of these, these guys were committed not only to that this sort of this journey but to each other they did seem mm -hmm. to share this common 
goal of finding out about the world. And let's talk about how they got going, like the beginning of their journey when they were in Poland and they decided that this was going to be something that they really wanted to do. That's a really interesting part of the story. Once they left the country, the hard part was kind of over. <laughs> like, like that, and I think that was key to their success. It's like the bureaucracy and just the sheer uh, logistical invisibility of doing a whitewater expedition in this time. Like, if you could figure that stuff out, like paddling life or death rapids, who cares? That's easy. <laughs> they already got the hard part done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's, you know, a, a number that kind of puts things into perspective is that it, an engineer in Poland at this time made 15 to $20 a month. And so how do you travel the world if you make 15 to $20 a month? Uh, and so they were able to figure it out. And, you know, once you, if you can figure that out, the rest is easy. <laughs> I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Adam Narot. He's the director of the film Godspeed, Los Palacos. They were, let's go into that kind of a little bit about where they sure. thought they were going initially. So originally they thought they just wanted to make it to the southernmost point in the world. They wanted to make it to, to Tierra del Fuego to paddle the southernmost river, river. That was the superlative they chose and, and that was their pursuit. So political mishaps, uh, Argentina and Chile, they eventually landed in Mexico which is a blessing and a curse <laughs> uh, and, and is ultimately why their expedition takes two and a half years uh, and is, is much larger in scale than it could have been if everything worked out right. Well, the thing about your, their arrival in Mexico, as you said, is kind of the worst of it. They were out of Poland, which was the good part, but then they really came up against something that they hadn't, I don't know, thought about to the degree, just how prepared were they to be kayaking on some of the more difficult some of the most difficult waterways in the world oh, and, they, and they came up against it there right yeah not at all they were <laughs> poland has no white water poland is a very flat country <laughs> right uh and so they were completely not prepared um but you know without without spoiling too much of, of the movie they they find their footing well, that yeah, absolutely. And another part of this story is again, put you know, the, aside from the adventure, it isn't too long before they begin to feel the pull of their motherland of Poland. Mm -hmm. um, some politics start to creep into their journey, and they're uh, and they end up being very resourceful. I, I guess that's the thing about them. Then, in addition to their sense of adventure, these men were also had were resourceful and had an ingenuity to them to they figured things out as they went along Is that yeah i love it, it, it for, you know for me it's it's the ultimate underdog story um they truly make something out of nothing and it's with exactly with this this eye for resourcefulness and uh human connections and and kind of looking at everything from kind of a bigger picture one of my favorite little anecdotes about it is like they often get asked like you guys are wearing suits when you're like, uh, like, hey, because they, they end up charming a lot of like political uh, figures. The, the vice president of Mexico invites them to the, the wedding of his daughter. Uh, and like they had this keen awareness that like that being prepared to pre present themselves formally would open doors 
that I think like most people going on expeditions don't even think of in that category at all. Uh, <laughs> like no one's packing suits to go to you know uh, on an expedition nowadays or whatever, or even you know American expeditions from uh, from that era too. You know they kind of had the logistics all figured out. They you know they knew what they were getting into ahead of time. They had to be prepared for everything, and part of that was being able to look formal and put on the charm. And they were adaptable, and you're right, they were charming. And the way they did charm the pants off of a lot of people around the world, including there's a segment of the film where they find themselves here in the United States. And I that's a, and that's an important part of their, their story, which we're not going to go into because I want people to see, Godspeed, Los Palagos. Yeah, I thought it was just everything about this, their journey and about the film has this sense of, Adventure and positive, and it's very positive. That's the other thing. They go through it through a lot of adversity. They seem to maintain their their outlook of we're gonna make th- we're gonna make it through this. We're gonna get through this. Their sense of who they were and what they what they set out to do and how they went about it. It's just a, a terrific vibe that the, these these adventurers were able to to impart. And that all plays into the fact that it's the perfect underdog story. Yeah, it really is. Well, again, we're not going to say too much more about this part of it, but uh, the impact they had on their on their country is another really yeah part of this. I mean, that's like I love adventure exploration films. I'm a big fan of the genre, uh, but I didn't want to tell like a story that like it's, it's, you know there's, you see some of the same themes. You know, they went up on the mountain. It was hard. It was cold. One of them lost a finger. Okay, like I don't care. I've seen that movie a zillion times. Uh, and what attracted me to this story is that their motivations are so huge and so much grander than these small, like, yeah. oh, I wanted to explore myself. And I've heard it all before. These guys are like, they literally believe that the life and death of the Pope relies on their success in the Colca Canyon. They are like, they believe that like that Poland as a nation only survives and succeeds if they have success on their expeditions. Like they're just like are motivated by things that are so much bigger than I'm what I'm what I've been used to hearing in, in this like you know genre films. And it's awesome. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. It's it's wonderful. And I and in some ways this title rings true as as you bring that part of the, of the story into it. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as well. So that is an important that's an important element of the whole thing. So uh, I think one point that's worth diving into and that you kind of uh, brushed up against it momentarily is that uh, we really feel like we did this film in, in like kind of on this style, like that the expedition, uh, we kind of think of it as like a punk rock kayaking expedition. And we really lean into this DIY sensibility with our visual style, our storytelling style. Um, and I think one of the you know charming things uh, about it is that we made this film with like no budget, like zero, <laughs> like literally like nothing essentially. And by embracing the kind of the aesthetics of the expedition, we were able to do a lot with a little. Yeah. And it's wonderful to see them in the film at present day. And, and that spirit you're, you're describing comes forward in, in the conversations you have with them and their reflections on, on what they did. So, Yeah. Long live punk, long live, uh, you know, <laughs> the revolution, if you will. Um, thank yeah. you. So people can see the film. So it's streaming online now. Uh, and we have a few theatrical dates uh, still happening. And you can check out on godspeedlosbalacos.com. But uh, otherwise, it's available on all kind of transactional VODs, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, stuff like that. 
and information we posted to also to the film school radio.com website. Well, congratulations on the film. Congratulations on, on allowing us to be a part of the adventure of these incredible uh, men and what they, what they were about. So Adam Narod, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.